Talking rugby, telling stories, rugby pick. Welcome to Rugby Pick'em. Barry, let me bring you back to a time, a time 12 years ago, October 20th, 2007, Stade de Francais. 80,000 in attendance, a repeat what we have this year of the final England against South Africa. Where were you? What was happening in your life? What was going on? I was uh, in downtown Cape Town that night at a very good friend of mine's restaurant, uh, and uh, we had one hell of a party that night. Uh, We had the big screens up, it was a fully catered event, and I had a whole bunch of my very good friends with me. Uh, that night and uh, we celebrated long into the night we were downtown so afterwards we just spilled out into the streets and, and saw the, uh, the the mayhem that just ensued in the streets after that so very special night I'll never I'll never forget it well both teams had different paths to the finals they actually were from the same pool um, so they played each other early on and uh, things went South Africa's way no yeah, uh, England uh, got completely dismantled by South Africa in the pools. Um, like a car. Yeah, 36 an engineer. Yeah, just clobbered. Um, and uh, South Africa were ruthless, launched their A game, which was reasonably similar to this team's actually, um, in terms of their approach, but they posed some serious strike threat from first phase, so they, they had some amazing plays from lineouts and scrums. Uh, and would just strike, you know, with that very first play. Um, and, and that's how they went through that World Cup. Um, and they did it four times, or three times, and then one beautiful breakout try. Uh, Juan Smith scoring for Dupree getting a score, JP Peterson getting on the board twice. So, yeah, 36-0 to South Africa. Uh, not many people gave England a chance in that final. Um, but it was much closer. Uh, it was much, much closer. And we knew it would be because England had scraped through um, their side of the draw, narrowly beating France and Australia to make that final. Um, South Africa coasted in uh, all the way, uh, apart from a little wobble against Tonga. Did you say 56 now or 36? 30, 36 now. Uh, yeah, there were three tries, but it was a clobbering nonetheless. They opened up uh, 59-7 against Samoa. Uh, but this was the Eddie Jones attack game you spoke of yes. in episodes past. Um now, in the lead-ups to those games with, with Nick White, let's say a season prior, did they have a stagnant offense? Did they just not have their X's and O's figured out? Or was it personnel that Eddie Jones brought in? No. Um, Jake White assembled that team. What Eddie Jones did was simplify. In fact, I was reading about this today uh, and listening to some of the players and what actually Eddie Jones did back in 07 with Jake White. And, and he had a tremendous influence on... Jake. <laughs> uh, he kept Jake calm. He kept Jake focused. He, he, talk, he, talks in very, he talked in very simple, as an assistant coach, he, he spoke in very simplistic terms to the players. Uh, and we give them very, very simple feedback, uh, which was often, you know, required the player to go away and actually think about what he'd said. So he's very much a less is more sort of feedback guy, but he certainly um, brought something to light because that Springbok backline was electric in the pools. I mean, they scored some great tries you know just beautiful beautifully timed stuff that we'd never seen from south africa before that 
Well, I mean, I see all these score lines. 44 to 22 against Samoa. Uh, that was the English game. Uh, South Africa beats Tonga 30 to 25, as you mentioned. These are the uh, the big try-scoring games. I love Barry. I mean, I, I, I know we, we always argue you, you play certain styles of games at certain times. Can we just have a final that's 45 to 47? I mean, please, can we just have 80 minutes of brilliance? It's not going to happen, Brendan. Um, it's, it, it's, just, it's just the nature of the beast. And um, no, I, I, I think the, the, the way that the final will be played will be very, very tightly contested. And there's going to be not a lot of throwing the ball. I know that's frustrating for some of the neutrals, but you have to appreciate what's at stake here. There is no next week. There is no next time. There is no next four more anything. Years. There's four more years to wait here, uh, ladies and gents. And the coaches and the players know it. So, um, yeah, good on South Africa for understanding what it takes to win and to go and win their semi-final with whatever it, re- it required. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they're going to be hard to beat again this weekend. Well, we're, we're, we're living in the past. We're, we're reminiscing in 07. Okay, so let's live in the past. Sorry, I'm very excited about this weekend, <laughs> as you all probably gathered by now. No worries. Um, let's make note of the fact that, okay, they come from the same pool. Yeah. South Africa clobbers them. Yeah. But in the quarterfinals, they had very different paths. I mean, England played the classic war of attrition. And they were lucky. They only drew Northern Hemisphere teams. Uh, quarterfinal, England beat the Wallabies 12-10. All the points were scored by Johnny Wilkinson penalties. Yeah. Semifinals, England plays France, the host, at home. Despite having less possession and territory, England wins 14-9. <laughs> Meanwhile, South Africa uh, smashes Fiji. 37-20, five tries to two. And they smashed Argentina 37-13. Oh, just love those score lines right there. Offense, offense, offense. Um, yeah. Two different paths to the final, no? Yeah, the draw opened up beautifully for South Africa um, when New Zealand went out of that World Cup as well. Um, cheers, mate. Um, and, um, yeah, they took advantage of it. You know, it was Brian Abana's tournament. Uh, I think a lot of people remember that tournament for Brian Abana's brilliance. And um, how he just absolutely carved it up the left-hand side for South Africa. I think he got a record joint, Jonah Lomu's try-scoring record in that 2007 World Cup. Um, and a record which I think has been beaten now, but it might have just been tied now. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, he, he, was, he would be the player that we would remember. And of course, Percy Montgomery, you know, coming back after such a long stint out of the Springboks being pulled out of the wilderness and kicked South Africa pretty much to a, to a, a cold, a no blanket. Yeah. yeah, pretty much pulled him out of Wales uh, where he was playing uh, a little bit and <coughs> convinced Percy that he needed to make himself available. <coughs> well, let's get into the game. Sorry about that. There, yeah. it was again a war of attrition. Yeah. Uh, the, the final score wasn't flashy. No. Uh, but right off the bat, remember, England is defending a title. Um, they probably weren't the favorites considering that pool game, but I bet some of the Sharks who want to be the wise guys on the line are thinking Johnny Wilkinson, X-Factor. I mean, they had just won two shitty games in a row. Well, this this in, is it. They, practically single digits. Yeah, they pulled. You had to give them a lot of credit for getting to the final in the first place. I mean, what team goes and loses 36-0 in their first game and then makes the final? Uh, you know, it actually happened to Scotland this time around. They lost 36-0 to Ireland in their first game 
and we saw what happened to their tournament. They fucking went downhill. That, exactly. So for England to pull it back um, and somehow scrape through not only a quarter but a semi-final, uh, you know, without much offensive strike threat and really relying on the boot of Wilkinson and their forward pack and you know, again conservative rugby but <clears throat> playing with what they had and and um, uh, again just got they, they, they got to the final and, and uh, but yeah and they were much much better in that final it was a tight tight game so it's it's a bit of what we saw against South Africa Wales 2019 semi there actually was a ton of defensive box kicking mm. uh, from what I remember and I did watch it again today to freshen up for this rugby pick'em, um, it was actually Habana who was ferocious on defense, winning the high ball many times, beating out Paul Saki, his opposite number. Um, we a name that we did hear a lot uh, was Mike Cat, the inside center for England, kicked tactically <laughs> very well. That there's a tongue twister, um, but there was this kind of ping pong back and forth. Uh, Wilkinson got an early kick. But Barry, it was Montgomery, as you said, who on the day went four for four from the tee. And uh, I just looked it up. The reason he did sw- switch off with uh, Francois Stein was Stein was the long-distance guy. Yeah. Um, so he came in and missed <clears throat> one early-ish from long distance. But, man, he hit one late to put them up six, right? when uh, Nine. Went, nine, nine, nine. To, to basically take it out of a try. Yeah. Uh, to give you a ton of reprieve. Yeah. As a fan always wants when he's watching and nervous. It was a, it was a day of kicking. Well, you, it was. And uh, if, you, if you mentioned two guys there that have had 12-year stints at World Cups. Um, Mike Katz, just quickly to touch on him. Uh, he played in the 95 World Cup. And if you remember the semi-final there, Jonah Lomu uh, having an absolute field day. The, the one infamous one where he ran straight over the top of the fullback. That was Mike Cap. Right, so okay, Mike so my been... so Mike Cap anyway had, you know, taken a while to recover from that from that. Um, <laughs> jo- Jonah Lomu, the, yeah, the but he, yeah, but he fought his way back into that England setup, and I think he even played inside centre, sort of like a pivot centre, but like England have at the moment with Farrell and Ford, and uh, he he kicked beautifully, I think, from inside centre, and 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 just dictated the game well for England in that last, uh, you know, in his last game, <clears throat> twelve years later. How about Oz Durant? Well, also another one was was on the South African side. He he won the World Cup in '95 as a young prop and um, went on to become a, a, a legend of the game and, and the, without a doubt the greatest loose head prop South Africa's ever produced. Um, the interesting thing about his career was he took a break, uh, went back to the farm. Uh, I think he was battling with the rigors and the travels of professional rugby, and the farm was suffering back in the Free State. And um, at one point, just had had enough and said, I'm going back to the farm. He'd also had a bad neck injury, which doctors had told him, listen, but it's probably best you give it a miss. And uh, also went back to the farm for a f- good few years until, the, again, Jake White calling Percy back. Um, also called Os back and said, come on, big boy. France, we're going. We need you. We need you. And uh, my God, Os rolled onto that first training pitch and he was about 20 kilos overweight. He'd been eating Drobos and Biltong and Brian and hunting and on the farm and you know and uh, they got him back into shape and uh, and he played an absolute massive role in that World Cup final um, and just was will go down in South African folklore as one of the greatest yeah. players ever. Now, do you remember who when the whistles blew in the final in 07, the man of the match was? Oh, that's a very good question. 
Um, was it Percy? One would think that everything would be on the kicker, but they awarded to Victor Matthew. Victor, yeah, okay. Another South African legend. Another one played over 100 test matches and uh, made a very, very important tackle on that non-Kuwaito try just leading up to that. Let's talk to that. One of the first extremely con... One of the first extremely controversial TMO calls. England, if they had scored a try when they did, Cueto in the corner, very rugby's a game of momentum, that could have gone an entirely differently way. I know your eyes saw a no try. Well, I... But to the average observer, I think that's a coin flip call. I'll be honest with you. uh, You know, we were very excited watching it on the big screen live. Uh, you know, back in my friend's restaurant bar in, in, in Cape Town. And what was the name of the My book? initial... Oh, God, oh God, it was downtown. It was next to the Investec building there. Jean-Clark, man, what was your restaurant called? Um, the sushi place was great. We had an awesome night there. Um, anyway, I digress. So, Barry, an interesting thing in this game, England cleaned out their entire bench when they needed an extra bump. Every guy came off, and yet... Jake White used one blood sub for John Smith. He bought in. Uh, he brought in Bismarck Duplessis in the seventy-second minute. Minute, and his second sub was Wilkes van der. Wilkes van der Merwe. <laughs> no, Wilkes yeah. van Heerden. Oh, van Heerden. That's right, Wilkes van Heerden. Yeah. For Danny uh, Russo. Uh-huh, yeah. And no other subs. No. In today's modern game, where they clean out the benches every game, that's unheard of, right? Yeah. Um, I think, given how that, the pace of that game was so incredibly slow. Um, and so that, no one was gassed. No. <laughs> um, the game was so... And, and it'll be a little bit like this again on Saturday, probably. Um Every play, every scrum just took an age to set. They just took an age to get the ball into the lineouts. Neither team really wanting to get on with it uh, until they could get some ascendancy on the scoreboard, you know, and then even more defense. So, yeah, unfortunately, not a great spectacle of a final uh, for the neutrals, but blood and guts from, 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 from South Africa uh, because England were much, much better in the final than they were in the pools. Well, it was uh, champagne for the Springboks back in 07. Yeah. And we're hoping the same for 2019. We shall see. I will say this English side looks like the hot new thing. Well, that's all I'll say. All I'll say is that there's a pattern developing here. There's way too many uh, similarities between this 07 Springboks and the 2019 Springboks, and that's 12 years apart. If you go back 12 years from that, uh, South Africa won the World Cup in 1995. So champions in 95, 12 years later in 2007, and 12 years later, here we are in the final again. Are the numbers lining up for South Africa? Oh, God, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather get one every 12 years? Or, Or, like the Kiwis, win it? For three straight, and, and then get started. Another, another fun fact, South Africa have played in two finals and won, and won them both. So we are unbeaten in World Cup finals. Um, it's 4 all. So is England. Uh, no, that's wrong. No. We were just talking about the game they lost. <laughs> uh, England's 500 in finals. Right, right. right. So they won and lost one. Uh, I did mean to interject and just dog France and say that France is winless in 
finals. 0-3. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, that is tough. Uh, so South Africa, as South Africans, we don't know what it's like to lose a World Cup final, and we very much would like to keep it like that. Um, but no, it's, it's going to be a, it, it should be a one for the purists. You know, don't expect the Razzmatazz. It's going to go down to every player is going to be so vital. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, let's just hope we're not talking about the ref afterwards. Uh, as a millennial, I have to speak for the trolls when I say, let's say you guys do win and beat England. Do the Kiwis still have a point when they say, oh, mate, you never beat us? Tournament. No, not at all. No, not at all. They, you know, you, you kind of got a point. No, you don't have any points. You, you got knocked out in the semi-finals. End of story. No, the Kiwis have got no further discussion on this World Cup. Uh, we all tipped them to win, so we're as shocked as anybody that they're not there. But no, they couldn't chirp from the sidelines at all right now. They didn't do their bit to get to the final. And uh, uh, yeah, again, we, if you'd said to us before the tournament started, who would you rather play in the final, New Zealand or England? I can promise you. Uh, everybody in South Africa would have said we'll play England thank you alright bonus segment Barry Erasmus we're not making selections now we're making career decisions you win the final you've done a master class job you never have to pay for a beer in South Africa again what do you do with your career right now do you stay with the spring box do you go take a high paying job somewhere do you go sit on a board of trustees and not even work and take a high paying job what do you do if you're Rassi and you win this game. Well, I think Rassi has already taken on, as well as being head coach of the Springboks, he's also the director of rugby for SA Rugby. So I would love him, and I think regardless of win, lose, or draw on Saturday, uh, the public and uh, I'm sure most of the people in South African rugby would love to see him stay on, certainly to the 2021 Lions Tour. So don't worry, we've got something coming up in the future which is going to be pretty spectacular. Um, and Rusty, I'm sure, would love to uh, add that to his World Cup uh, win over the British Lions. Now, I say you all would love to have him win, lose, or draw. But let's say you do lose, and let's say you have a couple tough games. Right. You know how quickly the media turns. Yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> but but let's, let's be honest. From where he took us, and when he took us, he didn't have that much time we were in a terrible place. A very dark, dark corner for South African rugby. We're a very proud rugby nation. We've consistently been in the top three in the world for probably 100 years. Uh, so for us to not be at the, at, the, at the very top of the top table is, is unacceptable. And we found ourselves languishing at fifth, sixth, seventh, seventh in the world under Alistair Kutzer, losing to people we'd never lost into in, in 50 or 60 Italy. years. <coughs> exactly. And Wales regularly knocking us over. So, no, something had to change, and th they made the decision to go as Rassi. And, um, no, he's, he's certainly delivered. Uh, win, lose, or draw Saturday, we want Rassi Rasmus to stay on, certainly till the end of the British and Irish Lions. That's what you want as a fan. Now you're Barry Erasmus. What do you do if you're Rassi? You get a win. No, you, no, you can have any job in the world. What do you no, do? I think win, lose, or draw, you stay with the Springboks, and you, and you see it through to that. You know, that's a wonderful character for a coach to be part of that that's a very very special thing you know after the world cup that's probably the most special thing to be a part of as a coach or a player is, is a lions tour so um it's a huge carrot for him to to stick around win lose or draw um uh, if he wants it he, he will certainly stay on as director of rugby uh and whether they decide to go with another head coach after the world cup that that would be rassi's decision only i think south african rugby would would love to keep him well, Rugby Pickham will have boots on the ground oh. for the 2021 Lions Tour. That's oh, yes. right. Barry, we're coming into town. We're going to oh. come to Cape Town. We're going to go to Stellenbosch. 
Paul Roos Gymnasium, all the places that you've talked about. We are literally just going to walk out in the streets and start interviewing South Africans <laughs> on the streets. Uh, and a few drunk lines. We, um, how's it, Oaks? How's we're, it? we're big fans of yours, as you are, and uh, also to all the Americans listening. Um, hoping you enjoyed Rugby Pick'em this week. If you haven't watched the 07 Finals, sneak it in right before this game. Shout out to the... Uh, he wasn't even a streaker, Barry. He just, he just, he just <laughs> he ran just... on in another jersey. If you're going to run on, I mean, at least get some ass cheeks out there. I mean, Jeez. streak, baby. This guy runs on, uh, total legend, and uh, the announcer is so great, right? The guy runs on, and the announcer just sits there, and he's like, I hope they lock him in a cell with some food and water. Like, he, he wanted to say something mean, but then he corrected himself to be like, don't, don't be too brutal. Um, unbelievable game. Oh, 07 man. final. Can oh. the Bucca repeat and send England and Eddie Jones packing? Can they send Owen Norms, Farrell, packing, whining, whinging, all the way to second place? No, it's going to be a massive game. Take the money, folks. Better just take the Springboks to win it and you'll be happy. Pick them. Pick them. center for England kicked tactic my cat kicked tactfully <laughs> very well doctors are told him listen but it's probably best you give it a miss big boy France we're going we need you we need you and uh, my god us uh, rolled onto that first training pitch and he was about 20 kilos overweight he'd been eating drovos and biltong and brine and hunting and on the farm and you know and uh, they got him back into shape and uh, and he played an absolute massive role in that World Cup final um, and just was will go down in South African folklore was one of the greatest <laughs> It's long gone. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the place. Anyway, um, what were we talking about before that? We were talking about... Was that final? Oz Durant. Oz came back from the farm. We'll get to it. Uh, working through it. Man of the match. Victor Matfield. 
Guess we'll just have to pivot. So Barry, an interesting thing in this game. Zealand went out of that World Cup as well. Um, cheers, mate.